Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. Welcome back to the PeaceWorks Podcast, everyone. On today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about safety. Uh, more more specifically, I want to talk about how churches uh, can begin to implement processes of safety for victims of domestic abuse. Now, this won't be exhaustive, obviously. You can only give, you know, ideas here on the podcast, some simple strategies. But I thought it would be helpful to walk through uh, three steps, three ways uh, that you as a church leader and your church could grow in safety responses. So let's jump into uh, the content today. Uh, first, we want to talk about access to safety. And really, all I'm pointing out here is about raising awareness or being aware within your community. We talk about this a lot, so I won't, I won't stay here long about your leadership team and uh, people in uh, significant roles within your church having a good understanding of the dynamics and, and impact of abuse. Uh, but then the step, the practical step you can take is how do we create access uh, to us and to safety when it comes to victims within our congregation? And some things that churches do um, that I think are effective, one is pulpit ministry does have an effect. I would suggest that you have significant meetings and time devoted to planning out your ministry response before you make public statements, but public statements uh, condemning abuse, highlighting the need for um, victim care in your church and offender accountability uh, will put offenders on notice, will also provide a level of hope for victims, but you need do need to be res- prepared with a ministry response. You know, another access or awareness aspect is Uh, the women's bathroom or women's washroom, having material available. Good advocates are probably already doing this. If you have advocates within your church, they have probably taken the initiative to provide basic information uh, in the women's restroom, such as um, contact information for advocates, uh, hotline information, warning signs that you may be in an abusive relationship, Um, and ways to reach out for help. Having these in the women's restroom obviously is a good idea uh, because of access. It allows potential victims who predominantly will be women in our congregations uh, the opportunity to see the material without uh, their uh, husband or abuser present. And so that type of material is huge. Uh, Also on an access standpoint, having a point person Generally, again, a, a female who's serving as kind of just a ministry coordinator for your church could be tremendously helpful when disclosures happen so that that individual is uh, managing the next steps that I'm going to talk about in um, providing safety in our church. So one of the initial steps we've talked about, having basic awareness and basic access to resources is a huge first step for churches. Second is not just access to safety, but planning for safety. Safety planning is one of the primary roles of a good advocate, and one of the things that um, makes a huge difference in the life of victims is 
being able to dialogue with someone just about either either to a sophisticated level or even a very simple level having a safety plan in place being able to um, strategize on staying or leaving in fact those are the two options I think sometimes people hear safety plan and they immediately think how do you leave safely but safety planning also involves how do you stay uh, safely because one of the things we have to understand and this is helpful for us as helpers is that uh, one of our jobs is to not facilitate a decision or prompt a decision or compel a decision but to provide options for victims and those options need to be very well clarified and understood that you can choose to stay well or leave well and risk escalation now notice what I said there I didn't mean to say leave well and risk escalation but to stay well or leave well and risk escalation both decisions or I should say either decision <clears throat> may result in escalation and continued force we do not know the um, conditions of the home in that we haven't experienced them that's why we need the the victim the individual we're working with to guide us and help us understand what's happening so that we're going to properly resource understanding that if you choose to stay in this situation there's potential danger if you choose to leave the situation there's potential danger and so planning uh, just dialoguing with somebody is going to be helpful and so what a safety plan can do is can provide you with the knowledge and the tools necessary to escape a dangerous situation uh, if you choose to stay or, or provide you with the tools necessary to leave immediately some basic elements and then I'll recommend a resource may include an escape route so knowing how you'll get out safely the next time uh, an attack or an event happens uh, similar to a fire drill what aspects of your home uh, will you utilize and then how will this affect the children how will you um, uh, get the children to safety as well uh, 911 can be a useful tool uh, in certain moments uh, if possible but that's not always possible uh, sometimes you can safely call from where you are um, or you have to place a call as soon as you're out of danger um, be maybe maybe alert your neighbors be able to have people in your neighborhood um, understand that you desire them to call 911 if they hear something suspicious coming from your apartment or coming from your house um, again that may not be the, the the course that you you use but it is important to talk about it what are some steps you're going to take if you're injured the next time so if it if it escalates to the point that you or one of the children are injured that alters your safety plan so being able to dialogue about that uh, I would say too um, understanding the uh, documentation and um, money and clothing that you're going to need uh, to leave being able to have a go bag in a safe location I would recommend having a certain amount of cash on hand if possible credit cards are a risk in that um, credit card statements can be accessed instantaneously nearly instantaneously letting people know uh, where you are or where you're making purchases um, and credit cards can be canceled so cash is a preferable um, 
preferable to credit cards. You may not have access to that, and you may need to dialogue with someone in the church about that. And so here's another area where the church, as part of safety planning, maybe we have uh, a few hundred dollars that's going to be set aside if this plan is enacted to help the individual um, flee, and then we'll have more responsibilities moving forward. It might be helpful, if possible, to get documentation like birth certificates, social security cards, medical records for the school, um, bank statements, passports, just things that you may need, uh, titles to automobiles, insurance papers, um, unpaid bills that you want to manage. Th these type of things are just precautionary, not really knowing. There's an unpredictability to leaving. Uh, but those are things you want to dialogue with victims about. And then you do want to have the conversation about law enforcement involvement beyond 911. If 911 has been called, then um, more than likely statements will be taken and uh, arrests may or may not be made. But if you are the victim of a criminal assault, um, then it is important for us as helpers to talk about options. So getting to know local law enforcement, getting to know the, the law and the code in your state is going to be helpful so that you can act as an advocate to say if you would like to press charges then this is who we need to call and, and dialogue about um, the benefits to that and then the concerns there how that may uh, escalate the situation as well so safety planning is something that churches can do immediately um, I would recommend having um, a lady in the church trained in safety planning uh, by a local agency uh, one of the safety plans that we use at PeaceWorks that we recommend is found at Focus Ministries, the number one dot org. It's a nine page safety plan. It's very extensive, although you can pick and choose what you would want, but it can help you in uh, asking good questions and developing a plan and procedure. I also find that this provides a great deal of hope for victims uh, as we're not telling them what to do, but we're providing options and um, we can really see the dangers as well as the hope in these type of situations. So we can provide access to safety through written materials, public statements, um, education, training, equipment, curriculums that we have within the church. We can provide uh, plans for safety by actually being available, having either on-site advocates or connection to community advocates or trained lay people who are equipped in the initial assessments and developing of safety plans with victims. And then third, and there's there's so much more we can do, guys, but I just thought it would help be helpful to come up with, you know, three next steps. You know, if if you're developing a domestic abuse ministry in your church, one of the um, other steps is to act to literally provide for safety. So we can assess and, and build awareness for safety. We can plan for safety we can also be part of providing for safety and uh, some of that is going to involve increasing our awareness and training that means having a relationship with local law enforcement so knowing um, key individuals in your community from a law enforcement perspective uh, being able to access them so uh, for example let's say you're you're in a similar situation to what, where I am locally and where our, our churches our, uh, are locally is you can um, 
get connected with our domestic violence investigator or one of the many advocates that serve in our community, having their cell phone number uh, and a relationship with them is huge. Hopefully you'll never need it, but if you do, you know who to call to say, I, I've got a situation, can you help me process it? Or, hey, I need access to resources Can you uh, with next steps when it comes to pressing charges or finding safety or getting connected to legal aid, all of these wonderful resources that they have at their disposal. In addition to being connected to community agencies, you can provide for safety through benevolence. And we talked briefly about this, about maybe having some cash on hand for victims who are fleeing situations, uh, but you can develop benevolence funds that uh, are able to serve some immediate needs of victims, such as um, uh, unpaid bills, uh, cash on hand, like we talked about, um, or even temporary housing. With the temporary housing piece, many churches uh, have extra space. Uh, now, it's, it's important that that extra space be secure, have the proper conditions. I, I'm not so sure that, um, you know, uh, an, a, an apartment on one end of the building with a kitchen on the other end of the building and a shower on another end of the building uh, with no security system on the church is, is a, as safe as we might think. But think about facilities that you do have. Do you have a missionary apartment? Do you have access to, um, to houses or property or uh, mobile homes or apartments on existing church-owned property? Can those be renovated into uh, safe houses? Or uh, one thing that I've heard several churches doing, which is transitional housing, where victims and children will uh, spend time in the shelter and then need the transition and so offering them rent-free rent free transitional housing for six months to a year while they get on their feet are also good options for churches. I have uh, some friends that a local company, uh, a business, uh, it was an automobile manufacturer actually, built a house on their property for victims of domestic violence and uh, fire or natural disaster. This temporary housing situation uh, was perfectly suited to be managed by this church, and the automobile manufacturer knew it. They trusted the church's um, oversight, uh, and they had the money, and they wanted to provide this for the community. So it was a brilliant partnership. Maybe that's something that your church can take part in. So housing, benevolence, and then friendship, resource, and um, connectivity, networking. Uh, perhaps you can help with job placement, resume building, skill building, or, or other aspects of just good neighborly behavior to help victims and children um, thrive in a time when they're um, leaving. Uh, of course, that's just with leaving. There are other many opportunities we could take part in if uh, victims intend to stay. And I haven't even touched on the power of the church in the area of prevention and intervention and all the other things that we can do. But I hope this has been a helpful episode that maybe you as a church leader can think through, okay, you know, right now we do nothing. So at the very least, we can have conversations or we've had these conversations, but we don't know where to begin. But you know what? That idea of having information in the, the washroom or the restroom 
that's a first step we can take and then we can assess the responses that we get or maybe you've been engaged in this area and you've been looking to 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 take another step forward some of those initial ministry planning of um, developing and releasing a point person to train people on safety planning and safety engagement and calling in local agencies to help with that training could be a next step or maybe you're ready to be the domestic violence ministry in your town where you work with other churches to say we have temporary housing we have transitional housing we have safe homes among our congregations that are that are secret but are healthy uh, we have benevolence set up we'd love for you to partner with us things like that uh, maybe you become the safe haven as it were in your community and then above all i think the the last thing i would i would add to this just from not even from a practical or pragmatic standpoint which the point of this podcast is to be this particular episode is just to give you some practical ideas. I think you can kind of be um, on the theological side, the philosophical side, you can be a theological leader too by really challenging some of the misplaced applications of theology and really holding high uh, the standard given to us in God's word for relationships. And you can really be a leader in that way as well. Well, guys, I appreciate you tuning in this week. I hope these you know, just three thoughts about church safety were helpful to you. If you would like to to learn more, continue to grow in your understanding, if you're a people helper, I would love for you to investigate PeaceWorks University. PeaceWorks University is our online membership site where we uh, train leaders and helpers in responding to domestic abuse. Uh, to my knowledge, it's the most robust collection of resources from a gospel-centered perspective on domestic violence response. We would love to see you in the community and take part of that resource. You can learn more about PeaceWorks University uh, at chrismoles.org. And until next time, friends, God bless.